yeah. for a rude surprise. Like anytime you've programmed muscle cleans for in comp class, comp class man, yeah. You know who really hates that? Shane. Abby. Oh. Muscle cleans? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the two times you did program him, it was the two times Shane came and I was like, <laughs> yeah. Does he text you like, hey, I'm coming? He's like, all right, muscle cleans. No. But like, oh, Shane's here. And you're like looking at your board, let's like, change this up a little bit. Oh, we got some muscle cleans. Yeah. Some chest bars for him. It's just my best um, sandbag substitute. I think there's no other good way. Cause like, cause you can't use the slam balls. They're mm-hmm. way too light. Power clean isn't the same. No. Like a muscle clean where you have that sticky, especially mm-hmm. if it's heavy, yep. the sticky grind through with the elbow kind of thing. Yeah. All right. You want to do this? Let's do it. Welcome back to another episode of Between Two Jerk Blocks. I'm here once again with Jen Alberg. Jen, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks. Good. Uh, if you missed out last week, we talked about scaling, uh, how to modify workouts, um, whether that's loading, rep scheme, time domain. Uh, if you didn't listen to that, go ahead and pause. Go ahead and <laughs> go back one episode since we have now, this is going to be our third episode. Go back one episode, listen to our conversation about scaling in their day-to-day CrossFit class. Today, we kind of pick up where we left off. Uh, instead of scaling, we still talk about movements, but we're talking about movement standards. Uh, kind of just giving the listeners an overall rundown of what we're going to be talking about today. We're kind of talking about what are movement standards, why do we use them in CrossFit, the importance of them, and then a couple things you might see in your day-to-day class if you are coaching or even taking class. Mm-hmm. Sound like a plan? Deal. Let's right, go. Ready to dive into it? All right. So in CrossFit, we have endless movements, right? They say you can modify endlessly, right? You can take a jump rope and turn it into line hops. You can take any movement and scale it, modify it however you need to. Um, but with each movement, there is a standard that we're like, hey, that rep counts. So what are movement standards for our listeners who may or may not know what that is? Movement standards are just the <clears throat> standard of the movement. Yeah. Yep. So, far, so, far good. Okay. so far good. Uh, the standard of the movement that makes the rep count. And so the idea in CrossFit is that the rep doesn't count until the movement standard is met. So, you know, easy one is on a step up. You have to have end with two feet on the up on the box with your hips extended before you can come back down. And that's yep, that's for every single movement you can think of in yep. CrossFit. There is a movement standard we look for. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do we utilize them in day-to-day class? I guess a simple question to start with. Simple question for sure. <laughs> Service level, but the, you can go miles it, deep. Yeah. And so I think that's that's what I want to differentiate here is there are two ways to look at move, move, movement standards. And movement standards are in class because we want you to be strong in all ranges of motion. So let's just talk about class as far as just general pop class. It's all around physiology and strength. So what I mean by that is we want you you can only gain strength in the range that you train. That's it. So you, if you always box squat or squat to 90, you will never be strong in a full depth squat. That seems obvious. Uh, if you only go down halfway on a push-up, you are never going to be strong in the end range of the, the push-up. So that's why we care about it in gen pop is because we want you strong in all positions because you do all positions in real life, even if you don't think you do. Now, on the other side of things, movement standards are a 
way to compare because part of CrossFit is, and part of what we love about CrossFit is everything's a race. And typically CrossFit will naturally pull uh, ex-athletes into, into CrossFit boxes. And so we're, we're te- we tend to be a little bit more competitive people, not all of us, but we tend to be. And that allows us to have something to compare to so that I can I can compare my workout to you because I know that you did the full movement standard on every rep. And so there, I, I just, I want to differentiate that there are two reasons for movement standards. One is the scoring mechanism. And two is, look, we want you strong in all ranges. And you're going to be really ticked if after 10 years of CrossFit, you have no strength in the end ranges of your movement because you just didn't have the discipline to go to full depth, right? You just put in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. You, you might as well have squatted to depth. Yeah, it's like, again, they always say CrossFit is functional movements, like constantly varied, performed at relatively high intensity. So again, functional movements, we are saying you are moving through full ranges of motion at the joint, mm-hmm. right? So again, like you said, if you always box squat, let's say from 10 years from now, you go to sit down on a chair that's below that box, box squat, yeah. you're gonna have a real tough time getting back up mm-hmm. and stuff of that nature. If you only press a barbell from your forehead to overhead, you're gonna have a really hard time trying to press things above your head when you get older. Mm-hmm. And then from that competitive nature, we always say, we always say CrossFit's observable, measurable, and repeatable. That's what we love about it, right? If you look at the benchmark workout, Karen, it's 150 wall balls for time, uh, 20 and 14 pounds, men throw to a 10, ladies throw to a nine. It's always that. Mm-hmm. But if I, let's say day one, I th- do my 150 wall balls, but only squat like a push press. Yeah. My Quarter time squat. could be three minutes. And then in two years when I retested or something, I do a full squat. I'm like, well, why was I seven minutes slower? Yeah. I mean, first of all, but I w- technically yeah. you got better. Correct. Right. Because yep. you squatted to depth. Yep. So again, we're trying to also use that. Like, I think it's an easy way for, um, like you said, from a competitive atmosphere, it, we can compare apples to apples, mm-hmm. right? We know you did the same range of motions I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for a new member, the importance it can be is you can track your progress of how am I doing for this range of motion. Again, mm-hmm. day one, you come in, okay, I can only quarter squat. That's going to be your squat for a little bit, mm-hmm. right? As we get stronger in a range of motion, now you feel a little bit more comfortable. We get a little bit lower. Maybe get more mobile. Exactly. Yep. yep. So maybe your PR isn't getting faster, but for a new member, it's, well, I can now do a full range of motion squat. Maybe it took me 30 seconds slower, but in the grand scheme of things, that is tons faster than you doing a quarter squat wall ball mm-hmm. the entire time. Like I'd yeah. rather you go a full squat. So everything down the road is much easier. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so again, we've kind of talked about it surface level with what do we kind of use it as a metric for? Now, on a coaching standpoint, how do you look at someone like, let's say if you're working out next to somebody. And you can, you don't know their whole story. How do you handle like, let's say if you look over to your left or right and you're like, okay, they're not meeting movement standard. How mm-hmm. do I let that not affect my workout? Or like, how do you kind of handle that situation from both a athlete standpoint and then a coaching standpoint? I can't decide if I want to go a certain direction with this or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, um, and, and I think I will cause edits, right? I can always edit <laughs> for sure. <laughs> First and foremost, what you just said, like as, as an athlete working out next to somebody who's not meeting movement standard, uh, you don't know their story. 
they might not be able to squat to depth um, mobility wise or strength or, you know, wherever they are in their journey. So it's, that's one thing to remember as an, as an athlete. I, I think that's the, the biggest piece is, is remembering that they be glad they showed up. Uh, and, and, and as a, from a coach's standpoint, you, you go correct them. I think in, in, in the wad, you go correct them. Once you show them, you don't tell them, you show them in a wad what they are doing and then how you want them to change their behavior. And then if they don't, you let it go because they're in the middle of a workout. You know, we, we don't want to stop their intensity and stop their entire workout, especially if the Metcon's going to be 12 minutes long, but we can make a note if they don't change their behavior, we can make a note afterwards to, to talk to them about their movement standard or correct or work on how to get there or so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, Someone has a heart rate of like 200 trying to get through them. Sometimes you're just like, again, like you said, show them once. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, again, coaching, you also kind of know, like, you know, like when you see that person come to class, yeah. either, you know, they're working with an injury. So like when you see that range of motion, you're like, Hey, that's actually better because mm-hmm. of the injury. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you go over to them and they're like, Hey, like, cause you know, they can hit a full range of motion against mm-hmm. this good using squat. You know, they can hit a full range of motion squat. So when you see them don't hit it, maybe you go over and be like, Hey, can we get a little bit lower? And like, maybe they didn't even know. Right. Like they're like, I thought I was. Yep. And it's again, body awareness. They're like. I'm 10 minutes in. I don't even know what number wall ball I'm on, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of yeah. that. It, and then I think the other thing is, 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 are you familiar with like finite game versus infinite games? Yes. And you know, Paul Carr, Dr. Paul Carr, you know, in the eighties put out a book about it. Cynic talk about, talked about it in the last decade or so, but just to define that for people, a, a finite game is a, game with a fixed result, fixed rules, and usually referees or something mm-hmm. to make sure or ensure that everybody is following the rules. So any sport that you probably watch on TV is a finite game, baseball, basketball, football, everybody knows the set of rules that we are playing. There is also a time that is done. Basketball has four quarters and so on and so forth. Well, CrossFit as a competitive sport is a finite game. And so the workout that is on the board today is technically a finite game. I'll get to my point here. <laughs> the infinite game is, is the opposite of that. There are really no fixed players. Could be anybody. There's no fixed rules. Um, nobody's even agreed upon the who wins or loses or the results. And so usually if you look at a finite game, it's something like business, you know, who really knows if, you know, CrossFit Edina or, or farmhouse CrossFit is quote unquote better because we, we have not set rules or standards. And so that's a, that's an infinite game. And so my point in this is that you've got in a gen pop class, you've got two populations all working at once and, and all of them are playing a different game. You could have, if I have 10 people in gen pop, five of them are playing a finite game and five of them are playing an infinite game because the infinite game of CrossFit is fitness. It goes forever. Nobody wins fitness in life. Uh, they do with the CrossFit games, but they don't in life. And so you've got this collision of finite players and infinite players trying to play the same game. And so as an athlete in a gen pop class, first and foremost, make sure that I'm comparing myself to the other people in the room that are finite players. Because if I want to win today's wad, I have to 
play by the rules. First of all, do it RX and then compare to the other people that are RX who all also follow the movement standards. Those people are playing the finite game today in the workout. The rest of the group is trying to get fitter. Usually those are the people that are, you know, struggling to hit movement standards and things like that. We're just, just trying to, just trying to make it through the workout and not die. Yep, I again. would like to go home tonight. Yep. They made it here today and they're like, Hey, check. I made it in. Yep. This is a win. Fantastic. And so I think the difficulty is that there's this collision in, in a gen pop class, no matter what box you go to, doesn't matter where you, and, and we can all name the people and that's not that's not a good or bad thing. We just, we know who the gen pop people are who are here for the infinite game. And we know the gen pop people who are here for the finite game. And so I think that's, <laughs> I think that will help um, people understand that like, if so-and-so is not hitting the movement standard, first of all, that's the coach's job is to go help that person. And then second of all, should I be comparing to them or not? Right. We can continue on and we can talk about the actual scoreboard and, sugar wad. Uh, but I think I touched on that last week a little bit where I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody cares in, in life. And at the same time, I want to say, be honest. Um, Froning just put out rich. Froning. You saw the rich Froning thing, right? I have not. No, you of all people have not. So I, that, I, yeah, I know <laughs> I need to keep up my, uh, what was this about? Have he just interest. posted a really quick, um, and I was sent it and, it, he basically, well, he starts with saying, <laughs> he starts with saying, don't cheat. Don't cheat on the leaderboard. And if you cheat, we will find you. Long pause. Ooh. And then he says, I'm, I'm just kidding. We're not probably not going to find you, but don't do it. <laughs> if you don't do something RX, don't click RX. Yeah. Just don't do it. Nobody cares if you win the leaderboard. Nobody cares if you win scaled or whatever what we care about is that you gave your all you tried your damnedest to get hit the movement standards and you put a score in because we want a really awesome community um so yeah he he posted that and so i i, I liked it because it hit a couple things one don't click rx if you had to modify anything in the workout you didn't do it rx Th that's it the coaches will find you <laughs> uh, we actually can't hear we actually i was gonna say he he won't because this is across the nation but yeah. we maybe we maybe know where you live um <laughs> and then the other thing that he said is nobody cares right so so two things can hold true is be honest with that right because we do care that you're being honest about your score and also we don't care if you win right and so i think making sure that you can teeter-totter that in, in your own mind. So this was the direction that I wasn't sure I was going to go or not with, with the finite in the, in the infinite. Now and I'm so kind of curious what the other direction was. You, <laughs> <laughs> again, I've Silence. Like, yeah. Again, it's like, I want cake and yeah, like, I, yeah. I, want, I want cake and ice cream, just a little bit of everything. Uh, but you do. Wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's, that's just a way to handle it though, from the athlete perspective and the coach's perspective. Yeah. I like it again. It's if you're the athlete in the room, don't let it affect your workout, right? You're here for the best hour of your day. They're here for the best hour of their day. If you say something across the room to someone like, hey, get your chest to the ground in the push-up," and they don't listen to you, all you're doing is really affecting your own workout because they're like, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. Because <laughs> again. Well, and here's what I want to piggyback on, on that is 
that's not easy. Like if you're competitive, I, I just, I want to take like yeah. devil's advocate here. If you're, if I'm out there and I don't know who's infinite and finite, yep. I, I'm just looking around competing against everybody. I'm getting more and more frustrated as somebody's not hitting a movement standard because I am competing against them in this race today. So it's really hard to not allow it to affect your mindset or how you're working in the, in the wad or that, that is a huge struggle and it's a skill that, that needs some refining. So I also want to say, you know, we, we don't flippantly say like, yeah, just don't let it affect you. That's not easy, but, but also let's work on not letting it affect you. Um, and, and really focus on you in, in the workout and kind of release all the things that you can't control. And that's not easy. Yeah. Cause again, you can, you can use other people in the room for a push, mm-hmm. right? You're like, Oh, like this person's a couple of ahead of me. Can I catch them? Mm. Various things of that mm-hmm. nature. No doubt about it. But yeah. It doesn't have to be like the be all end all. Like, Oh my God, this person isn't doing this. And like, it ruins your whole day. Cause it's like, I know it's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard. Um, if we're competitive people, it's hard for sure. Yep. So it's again, not easy. Cause again, with us being competitive people, you want to do as best you can. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, I want to win. Mm-hmm. It's just how it kind of goes. Mm-hmm. I think Froning says it well. He's like, I hate losing more than I like winning. Mm-hmm. He's like, winning is just yeah, yeah it's fine. It's, it's just that I hate losing. He's like, losing mm-hmm. is. I think most competitive people feel the same way. I yeah. It's not that I like should, but have to win. The feeling of losing is yeah, is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. So. Um, uh, for kind of movement standards mm-hmm. overall, do you feel like are there certain movements that you're like? these are always the tough ones. Like, is it either lightweight stuff? Like because of things just happen so fast, like speed of movement happens so fast. Um, or is it like body weight movements or what do you see are typical movements that maybe blur the line of like, these are your movements that people mm-hmm. might struggle with the movement standard on. Yeah. hundred percent. Super easy answer. Anything shoulder to overhead. If you would ask me that when I was much newer to CrossFit, 45 years ago, um, <laughs> trying to not age myself here, I would have said the squat, right? The depth of the squat. And I'm now, as I've been coaching it for so long, I, it is everything that is shoulder overhead because it's a really easy movement to speed up, uh, and, and not finish and show control at the top. But second of all, so many people and even really, really good CrossFitters cannot find a locked out overhead position. I can get the barbell over my head whatever the weight is, right? Even if I'm really good at the sport, uh, can I get the barbell locked out over my head and show control, which means you are locked out at the shoulder blade, at the elbow and the wrist. Let's not forget the hip and knee. Mm -hmm. And so that's just a tough movement for our body. And it takes years and years and years to be able to, to, to get there, get to that position, but then also be in that position under load. And so even... (laughs) There are certain people that know exactly who I'm talking about. Even even some of the, the best scoring CrossFitters in this box really struggle with having that lockout overhead and showing control up at the top for, like I said, one of those two reasons. One, it's just really easy to like, oh, I hit the top, come back down. Um, you know, think thruster. Mm-hmm. You don't want to punch the ceiling. You've got to show control at the top before you bring it down. Um, but you can you can say that across all shoulder to overhead it can be the dumbbell snatch is a big one right people don't show control at the top they just punch the ceiling and come back down 
Yeah. I think kind of looking at like, I mean, the extreme high level of the sport, you have your Froning, Frasers, and Toomeys. I mean, if you look at, (laughs) I mean, if you look at them and you look at what CrossFit always preaches virtuosity, it is doing the common uncommonly well. That's what they do. I mean, you're looking at, yes, these people win, Mm -hmm. but it's also, they are probably one of the most efficient people out there. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good point. Sorry to interrupt, but virtuosity, when you do a common thing uncommonly well, you save and conserve so much energy, which is why when you watch these elites move, they're like, man, that looks so effortless. That's not just because they're really fit. Partially, right? We got a ton of fit people here and it doesn't look effortless to them. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. I, I just envisioned Corey spitting all over the floor. <laughs> I, I actually imagine him snatching. Not, not <laughs> so. effortless. Uh, but the, the amount of energy that you conserve by hitting your movement standards, really, and showing control in the movement standards, yeah. being virtuous in each movement, you conserve so much energy that you can then go faster or do bigger sets or whatever. But people don't understand that because they haven't yet felt it. Correct. Like someone who's maybe, like you said, have always struggled with an overhead position. That's just what they're used to. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm used to this fight overhead just to get it locked out, whether it extended. Mm-hmm. But they're like, if you actually ever get them into a neutral position overhead, they're like, oh, oh, this is, this is nice. I could, I could stand here for a minute. Right. But like right? you try to have them hold anything overhead for 30 seconds and I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah. Again, it's just so difficult for them to get into a comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other movements besides your stational overhead's the big one? Do you have like a top three or anything? Like these three or is it just well in the press, in press, press, the press. No, well in the competitive sport, it's it's the deadlift mm. because people just refuse to pull their shoulders back. Lightweight deadlifts? Sure. So would you say that almost comes down to again programming of that event? Like in the competitive world, yeah. Yeah. Like it's you can no longer see the days of that CrossFit open workout of what was it the ninety five pound push yeah. press like deadlift push press box jump push press box jump yep it's like that workout would be hor- horrible That's to a judge nightmare yeah um and then I guess my third so shoulder overhead deadlift and then my third would probably be <laughs> used to be the burpee mm. right but finally they just decided hey anything goes on. <laughs> you know, the, the step over, like get over the bar. Oh, right. Yep. Um, so up until this last year, basically it, the burpee, because it's going so fast yep. that you're not sure a two foot takeoff and galloping or whatever. So those three. Gotcha. Again, I feel like you said the overhead and especially the burpee, it's just speed of movement. Yeah. Um, so kind of like finishing things, mm-hmm. would you say like someone who's starting off today, it's kind of that continuum we look at is, you learn the movement, consistency, mm-hmm. and then speed and weight. Yeah. Where again, I feel like sometimes try people try to get by that as quick as they can. Yeah. Because again, they are competitors. They're like, I want to move something heavier. I want to go faster. I want to keep up with this person. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's sometimes so hard to, like if you're learning, if you ever learn how to drive stick. Drive? Yeah, yeah, drive stick. It's, if you are like, try to go immediately from one thing to a next to a next, it's, there's no way like you have to understand, like when you're driving stick, you're like, okay, I have to understand how One, the clutch works. Yeah. yeah. Like again, clutch in shift gears, mm-hmm. clutch out all these things. I feel like sometimes it's almost like that with movement patterns. Yeah. People want to go from gear one to gear five. 
but they don't understand like if you learn gear one and can own gear one then you can move to gear two right right it's not one to five right uh mci mechanics consistency intensity mm-hmm. if you start with intensity you will get injured and you won't stay with crossfit Th- those are the people that they start crossfit they try crossfit they start with intensity yes and to to those of you out there that don't know what that means that means speed and load so heavy weights and fast those are the people that quit crossfit and they go yeah yeah, yeah i tried crossfit it hurts like everybody gets injured in crossfit well yeah you you started backwards, right? You started with intensity. Instead of starting with the mechanics, learning the mechanics, then consistently can you move well? And then I get to add the intensity. And so we, I mean, we as coaches know that and try to start you off on that path because everybody wants to start with intensity. And then along the way, hopefully their mechanics are okay. And <laughs> and then they, they're almost never consistent, right? Until you're competitive, you're not super consistent. So, yeah. Any final like thoughts on movement standards in general hmm. to wrap this up in a nice bow for people. I think it's a good thing to remember that what I said right away is that there are two reasons for movement standards and one has to do with competitive and comparables. And the other has to do with strength in ranges of motion. And so there are two really big reasons because that speaks to everybody, right? The, the competitive athlete in class that speaks to you and why you should hit your movement standards. And then it also speaks to the people who are like, I don't care though. I don't care about competing against anyone. Okay, cool. That's fine. But we want you strong in all ranges of motion. And so it, it, it speaks to everyone and why we want to hit the movement standards. So, and then I guess the only other thing is make sure you're comparing yourself to the right people and, and to remember that this is CrossFit is both an infinite and a finite game. I think I said a couple podcasts ago that it's an infinite ga- infinite game because you have to show up every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> yep. So there's no there's no end to fitness. And so this is a infinite game. And so maybe today's workout you can treat as finite and and compete in it. But the overall scheme of all of CrossFit is fitness across what is it? Broad time, little domains. Broad demand time, little domains. Life. You got it. Yeah. So that's how I'd sum it up. Awesome. Cool. Again, if you guys have any questions, uh, feel free to either email Jen or myself at Jen or Cullen at thekeyacademy.com. If you get your questions, we'd love to get them on here and get another topic rolling. All right. Until next time, guys. Thanks.